0: hello and welcome to the think mhk podcast presented by the manhattan area chamber of commerce on this podcast you will hear about a variety of local matters pertaining to the business community you also hear from local business owners to hear their story and gain valuable business insights thanks for tuning in today my co-host for today's show is Darren Solden, our Director of Economic Development. Hey, Darren.
1: Hey, Jason. It's great to be here, and I am excited for our guest on this show.
0: I am, too. It's a good friend of ours and a fellow association director. Uh, Dennis Cook's with us. Hey, Dennis. How's it going? Of course, Dennis is with the Aggieville Business Association and, and does a great job down there with that group. So, uh, Dennis, welcome to the show. Uh, we usually start off with asking people to tell us a little bit about themselves and how they ended up in Manhattan, so why don't you do that real quick?
2: Uh, the statute of limitations on most of this stuff is uh, is is already done, so I'm good. Actually, I went to school here uh, from 71 to 75. I went to K-State and uh, I was <clears throat> I was asked politely to maybe stop going to college for a while. And uh, so I spent four years working, came back for two and a half years and uh, pursued a degree in agricultural economics. And so I could farm with my wife's family. I was horrible at that and did one year of that. And then um, came back and got the beer business here in town with uh, Campbell Distributors with Dean Campbell. So I was here uh, back in the beer business in uh, 82.
0: Having grown up in a farming community, and, and my stepdad had a farm and actually ran the grain elevator in town for 25 years, uh, I always said the biggest motivational tool to keep me in school was knowing that I had to go back and work on the farm and the elevator if I dropped out. So I can completely understand your your decision to leave the farming world. And I, by the way, I love farmers and I think they're great. It just, it's just, it, the farming world is better off without me in it. Let's yeah. put it that way. They're they're much better off without me than I am without them.
1: You know, Dennis is someone that also has an ag econ degree from K State. I'll say that maybe we'll, a maybe we'll get elected into the same Hall of Fame class <laughs> at some point down their line. And uh, and it's really a heck of a business degree to be perfectly honest. It's a it's it's great background for a lot of different things.
2: Yeah, I think so. There's there's a lot of uh, life lessons. Don't do things just because you've always done it before. You don't need to farm like your grandfather farmed because he didn't have the technology that you've got. Do it differently. So you always just have to review all the time about the things that you're doing. Does it does it make sense today? So how long were you in the beer business then? I was in the beer business for 36 years uh, from uh, 82 to 2000. I was with Campbell Distributors with Dean Campbell here in town. Uh, and learned a lot, a great man and great business. Uh, he retired, sold out to uh, Flint Hills Beverage. And uh, Flint Hills Beverage, when they bought it, they bought the building, they bought the trucks and me. And so I went with part of that and I worked for them for 18 years. So I worked for uh, Flint Hills Beverage till 2018 and retired at the end of 2018.
0: And then all of a sudden you get this opportunity to go to the Aggieville Business Association. Talk about how all that happened and why you decided to hop into that role.
2: All my years in the beer business, um, like I'll tell somebody, you know, I was probably on the on Fort Riley at least once a week. You know, the rural part of the side, you know, because we had uh, Clay Center up to Washington and everything in between, but I was probably more often in Aggieville than I was anywhere else by choice. Consequently, in those 36 years, I was probably on the board. I haven't added it up, but I was probably on the board for easily over 20, probably closer to 24 years. I served in one capacity or the other on the board. I was the president of the Aggieville Business Association twice. When I retired, uh, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be a, a, a greeter in a, uh, in a large department store of some sort or uh, what I was going to do. But I, w- I wasn't done working. I just needed to quit delivering beer. And uh, the opportunity was there. We had, uh, we had an opening at the Aggieville Business Association. We, uh, the director had been gone for about six months. And other people on the board had written a new job description because of the Aggieville vision completely different than what it used to be. I felt like that was going to be a good fit for me. And and so I was one of 24 people that applied. I was one of eight people that got interviewed, and they're stuck with me for a while.
0: Well, I'm sure that they're all happy about that. Um, so I guess it's probably the same percentage of chamber members that are happy that <laughs> that I'm the president. So I understand how that goes. We have a number of people, or at least a few, that have been former chamber employees who ended up on the board. I'm not sure we've had the opposite where we've had board members that that became that went to leadership position in the organization. Talk about that transition. And did you have you learned something in that process that maybe you didn't know about the organization from a board standpoint, as opposed to being the director?
2: I would love to say yes, but I'm not sure that I do know any more than I did then. Uh, it's exactly the, you know what I thought it was going to be. So, you know, I'm I am not surprised or shocked by anything that's happened. The board uh, works uh, you know they, they've all, they've all got their own jobs. They they have other things to do. They are just a, a great sounding board. They're the ones who are, are giving advice. They're the ones who are leading this thing, and and I'm the facilitator for for what they want. Yeah, you can you can push and direct. But, uh, but ultimately, uh, when it comes down to making any decisions, it's, it's, uh, get in front of the, the nine members of the board and explain to them what's going on and, and give them the best amount of information I can and go from there. So I'm not surprised by it. Um, I actually had a, a, a member stop in today. He's not a board member. He's a member of the association stopped in today and asked me about being on the board of directors and, uh, you know, could he qualify and should he be on the board? And I said, yeah, that would be great. I would love to have you and because I don't have very many people walk through the door and go, please, I want to be on the board. So I said, yeah, it'd be it'd be nice because you're always nice to me. So yeah, I'd love to have <laughs> you on the board.
0: I, I love when nice people want to be on the board too. How, <laughs> how do you get on the board of the uh, Aggieville Business Association and who's the chair, the current chair? Uh,
2: how you get on the board is um, everybody who, who gets on the board gets a three-year term and their, their calendar years. And so unless somebody has to step out or or leaves in in the middle of a term, Uh, we go to the end of the year. And I think we have two people at the end of this year, at the end of 22, that their terms will expire. And so uh, we will talk to them about whether they're interested in staying on because we do have that possibility of doing that. Uh, Because we like the continuity. Uh, But if they say, no, you know, I've done my three years or six years and I'm I'm good with that. Then we kind of put it out to we we put a a message out to everybody in the district, including associate membership and saying that we're going to have one, two, three positions available if you're interested. And we have just a small, you know, one page form for them to fill out to tell us uh, why. Uh, you know what they do. You know how much time can they give us, et cetera, and uh, and then we bring that back to the board, and the board discusses what they see and who they are, and the, and the board votes.
0: And what's the difference between a regular member and associate member?
2: Associate members don't actually have a business in Aggieville, so uh, we've got thirty-some uh, associate members. So, like my old business, Flint Hills Beverage, somebody who has uh, a, a real interest in Aggieville, but uh, but is not don't have it don't have any brick and mortar in Aggieville, they can be an associate member.
0: But either one can serve on the board.
2: Correct. And that's how I was on the board 20 plus years as an associate member. Well, that's some really interesting information about the
1: about the organization, about the board. Um, talk to us a little more about some of the challenges and some of the benefits of working for a membership organization.
2: I'm pretty passionate about Aggieville. And um, uh, so I don't really see a whole lot of downside. The, the membership side of that, um, it's just... You've got a whole lot more people to answer to, and you better be ready you know, to answer questions all the time. Uh, one of the things you, you can't be is uh, is very lackadaisical or, or uninformed about what's going on. You, 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 better be, you better be there. You better be aware of what's going on. Uh, you know, for the most part of that membership, uh, a lot of them I don't hear from, but that's because we send out and we have a monthly newsletter. Uh, we send out uh, probably more uh, emails than most people care to read. Uh, sometimes they'll tell me that I didn't know that was coming because, you know, honestly, you send out too many emails and I don't read them. And I go, okay, well, uh, yeah, I guess I can walk around door to door. But from a membership side, I, I think it's I think it's great. Uh, you know, those people are involved. Uh, they've got, everybody has some skin in the game. And so um, I think it works out really well for us. Well, Aggieville has such a
1: long and unique history. In fact, one of my favorite pictures of Manhattan is a view from the 1800s down on the east side of Aggieville, looking kind of up morrow and towards the hill where K-State's on. And, and um, obviously the district has come a long way and seen a lot of evolution over the years. Why is Aggieville so important? To Manhattan,
2: I would tell you that Aggieville is is probably the most important thing to anybody who's gone to K State. Uh, their, their, their distinct memories are coming out of coming out of Aggieville. They 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 get that they spent the better you know some of the best years of their life uh, in Aggieville. Uh, for a lot of people uh, who have possibly moved away or they know about us but they don't know that much about us. If the, when they hear Manhattan, Kansas, they think Aggieville. That's what they know. Uh, we're, we're, we know we're not the only business district. We know we're not the only part of Manhattan that's important. But for a lot of people, we are the first thing they think of. And so we have a, um, uh, a, a unique gift and, you know, I think we're, we're kind of that, that, that little star that's, that's on Manhattan, and uh, we try to make sure that, that we live up to that.
1: Obviously, we have a lot going on right now as Aggieville continues to evolve and grow. So why don't you give us some project updates on some of the, the activity that's going on right now or is planned for the near future?
2: When I got involved as the director, uh, the reason I did it was because of the Aggieville vision, and I knew that with the redevelopment, there's going to be a lot of going on. Um, since then, uh, the biggest things are is the Courtyard by Marriott came in. That was a private project, uh, which was great. Uh, they came in and that took over, you know, some space that that uh, really needed some uplifting, and and that was huge. As far as the vision part goes, the redevelopment. The first thing that had to be done was the 12th Street between Bluemont and Morrow, and that was because of they needed new water lines for the courtyard by Marriott. So they had to get started there. So we had a little piece of, of redevelopment, and so far, that's really the... Knowing what the sidewalks or the streets are going to look like, that's that's your total vision of what that's going to be. Uh, since then, the uh, next big project, which is uh, possibly the most important project, it's the catalyst for everything that we need is the parking garage, and uh, that's a fantastic structure. And it opened on uh, April fifteenth, and uh, it's a it's a huge uh, that's a huge piece for us. It, it's a little awkward at the moment because the parking garage opens up. But you can't get there from North Manhattan Avenue because now we've shut down that street. So, so far, the parking garage is open, Laramie Street that runs right between uh, the parking garage and the Dirty Dog Saloon and the Hat right next to Burger King. That street has been redeveloped and it's open and that's how you get in is by the Burger King. Uh, the next piece of the project is North Manhattan Avenue, and we're redeveloping uh, uh, North Manhattan Avenue from Fremont to Bluemont. So we're in phase one, and that uh, phase one is from Fremont to uh, Tomorrow. Uh, it's got things a little confused. Uh, I've, I, uh, I've got my, my hats off to the city of Manhattan because I had no idea they had that many signs giving you directions on how to, how to go someplace because we've got a bunch down there. And then recently, uh, the city commission voted in favor of the uh, Midtown project, and that is the, uh, the the private project that's going to go on the part. What was the public parking lot south of Kites and south of Johnny College Yard Bar uh, over there, and the private lot that is just uh, east of Chipotle. And he's got a big project going in there that that will have a lot of retail space, office space, and some uh, and some living space in there. And that should start, hopefully, uh, sometime this fall. And that's a, that's a two-year build. And during that time, uh, they'll also redevelop uh, that stretch of Laramie Street between 12th Street and North Manhattan Avenue. And then they, uh, they want to make sure they, they coordinate the timing where uh, 12th Street... From Moro to Laramie is going to get redeveloped, and that's going to be a pedestrian mall area, and that should be done at the same time, so they don't have to get back into that when the new Midtown project gets open. So, oh, and then while they're doing the Midtown, they will also they will redo that alley, and with the hopes that we're going to be doing all four of the big alleys and uh, getting the, all the power lines buried and, and trying to really spruce those things up.
0: So it sounds like a lot going on, and so. Somebody might say, well, I need to avoid Aggieville, but with the new garage open, you can slide right in there and get anywhere you want to go. And it's, it's actually, I just was there a little bit earlier today. It's very easy to get in and out.
2: Well, what we're finding is, um, you know, we've, we've put out enough messages and we've talked to a lot of our businesses. What we didn't know is what we didn't know, and which is we don't know how much of those, how many of those parking spaces on the street were being taken up by employees. Or, or people who weren't actively shopping. And so we've done a really good job, I think, so far of encouraging everybody to, you work down here, you park in the parking garage. You don't need, you know, in and out access. And uh, we're leaving that for, you know, for our customers. And uh, actually today I saw the parking spaces available on Morrow Street and around. They were, they were available longer over lunch. That I've seen for a while. And so that's a great thing.
0: Get back down to Aggieville and there's some there's some really good places to eat and and um, and visit. So once all this is over and it does feel like a lot, but eventually like we discovered during downtown redevelopment, it, it ends at some point. So I'm going to use 10 years just as a benchmark and say in 10 years, what would you expect the district to look like?
2: Well, I think it will be a uh, transformed. I think everybody who is concerned that we're going to you know, take away the, the character and things like that. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to see a lot of character. Uh, but I also think that there's going to be some great growth. And we're going to see some, uh, some, some bigger attractions around there. I think uh, Aggieville will, will, will be better. In 10 years, we should have two parking garages. Uh, we'll have uh, some more private development. You know, we'll have the, the streetscapes will be done. We'll have uh, all the all those things that that you really hope to find uh, in this redevelopment. But you, you'll still find the character. I think, I think Aggieville will be great again.
0: Yeah, and Darren, and I've talked about this multiple times in in the community, but certainly pre pandemic, and we think we'll come back eventually. There was a lot of interest nationally to move into these kind of districts uh, for office space. So companies want to be in this kind of area because they're, that's where their employees want to be. They want to be near university because they want to brand themselves to the students there. Uh, and so we've talked a lot about Aggieville being a 18 to 20 hour district instead of a six to eight hour district. And is that something that you also see as being possible?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, we know that we're going to get much deeper into that live, work, and play situation where there's. A, it's not just. A, it's not just an, an at night. Uh, it's going to be a bigger. It's going to be a bigger concept for us. Uh, we're going to see a lot of people down there all day long. Uh, you know, we we'll have more. We have more people living in the district now than we ever had before. Uh, those changes are going to be so positive for us. We've
0: seen one office facility already sign up to move down there, and so I, I think it's going to happen. So we, you and I talk quite a bit um, offline about things going on at the city and otherwise, but why do you think it's important for uh, Aggieville, the Aggieville Business Association and the chamber to be connected?
2: We're all about business and the, and the chamber, and that's um, uh, exactly where we are is your goals are our goals. Uh, we are trying to support ourselves, you know, with with about 110 businesses, and you're just doing that on a, on a bigger scale. Your vision is 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 almost exactly our vision. What we've got to do is we've got to find businesses, attract people. If the chamber's doing what they should be doing, and and things are successful, and they're landing businesses and people are moving into Manhattan, then that's what we're trying to do on a different scale. We're trying to be a kind of place that helps the chamber attract those people and attract businesses. Oddly enough, uh, in my my three years of being the director, very seldom have I ever gotten any phone calls and somebody just asking about rental space or lease space. Uh, but all of a sudden, I'm I'm getting at least one of those calls a day for the last you know, two, three weeks. And, uh, and And it's odd. You're going, okay, this is have, have we heard from this person before? And and so I, you know, um, I was on the phone with somebody from Washington, Washington D.C. today, who has uh, a pizza franchise that. Uh, they know about Manhattan because his son went to K-State uh, you know, a number of years ago. And when, as they're expanding out and his son's involved, he wants to make sure they get into Manhattan and it's got to be Aggieville. So he's, so he's called directly to Aggieville. I see a, a, a real strong comparison to what you do, to what we do, uh, not on your scale, obviously. But our goals, are, I think, are exactly the same.
0: Yeah, we appreciate that relationship. I'm glad that you, you and I have, a, have an open dialogue, and so I think that's important for the community. Last question I have, what is the most important thing you would like our listeners to know about Aggieville?
2: The easiest thing to say about us is we are the very definition of local. We do have some chains. We do have some franchise in there. And those are those are great partners too, but uh, there's there's not a bigger conglomeration of of local businesses who are tied to this community who they've got they've got houses they've got kids you know you know when, when you support these businesses you're supporting families you're supporting you know people that really need to know uh, that that you're you're with them so local is everything now with a, with the parking garage. That helps us out, but we also have this construction that we know can be a bit confusing. But it's certainly worth the effort, and we would want everybody to please come down and support your favorite businesses, and come down and take a look and, and find some new ones because we have things going on all the time. We have some events coming up, and uh, there's a lot of reasons to come into Aggieville.
0: I would echo that, so I would encourage everybody to to go visit Aggieville, particularly during construction when when things are always harder for any business area, and so. Yes, that's true. So get down there and, and help those folks out. We are at the rapid fire portion of our program. And I think Darren's got some questions here. Are you, do you think you're ready for this?
1: Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm okay. All right. Well, Dennis, we're excited to learn some more about you. So let's kick off our 10 rapid fire questions with the first one. Tell us something people often find surprising about you.
2: I don't think everybody's had a near death experience and, uh, and I have, I think that's interesting. And I think it's, it's also kind of, a, uh, Life-changing when you when you have that that kind of situation. Very interesting. Do, any more to share on the near-death experience? Well, it was it was, it was part of why I, I say I was a terrible farmer. In the short time I was farming, we had uh, irrigation, and uh, I don't know much about farming or irrigation. That's that's nothing that they taught me in ag econ, and uh, didn't tell me that the uh, that the irrigation pipes in their length is taller than where the power lines are, and yeah, boy, you stand one of those up. And it, it, it's life-changing. Yeah, that's what happened to me.
1: I, I think we can uh, connect the dots from there. So, <laughs> all right, on to a, onto a, uh, a little different topic with question two. Uh, what are you currently reading or uh, what is a favorite book?
2: Weirdly enough, I'm reading three different books at the same time. It's just kind of how I, I work around. I read a lot. Some of it is, uh, I, I like a lot of action fiction. I like a lot of political fiction, um, I am rereading a, a book that a friend of mine wrote. That was uh, one of the um, one of the 400 one of the captives, uh, Iranian hostages that was for 444 days. Who became a friend of mine, and I had his book. I lost his book. I had to rebuy it, and so I'm kind of w- working my way back through that again. But probably my favorite book of all time, something I try to read at least once a year, is uh, Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. I wouldn't say it's a political book, but yeah, it really is. If you haven't read Atlas Shrugged.
1: Uh, Very good. So, what
2: is uh, your pet peeve? Uh, I would say, and this maybe won't make everybody happy, but cigarettes. Hate them. Never smoked them. Never understood why anybody did. Always hated working in and around the bars. Uh, When uh, when there was a lot of smoke in there, I was thrilled to death when we when everybody decided that we were not going to be able to smoke in the bars, and I thought that was such a great idea. And now there's uh, cigarette butts on sidewalks everywhere. Because that was, that was the unintended consequence of that. So that's something if you, if you come down to Aggieville and drive through in the morning, I'll be the guy outside and I, I pick up cigarette butts.
1: You're a good man for doing that. So what advice would you give the 19-year-old you?
2: Don't panic. <laughs> you know, this is—it's it, not as bad as you think it is. Uh, you know, maybe maybe we got in a, in a little trouble back then, but nothing that uh, that had any long-lasting effects. What you just—what what I would tell myself now is—is—is is, uh, is don't panic, stay true to yourself, and you know, and and life's a roller coaster. These are the things that I I talk to to my two sons about. Sometimes you're you're you're, you're headed downhill, you sometimes you're headed uphill, but overall, it's just it's it's just part of what it's gonna what it's gonna be. So don't panic. All right. Question number five. What is something you always travel with? Golf clubs and, uh, and my Kindle. That's how I read books for, for the most part. Everything I put on a Kindle, that way I'm not hauling around books. And I've got something that, that uh, it, it, you know, so it's an e reader and my wife.
1: Good combination there.
2: So we're halfway through, headed down
1: the home stretch here. Question six. What three words describe living in Manhattan? Okay. I think, I
2: think Manhattan is tremendously friendly. I think there's a great quality. I guess it, we extend it out to quality of life. Um, and I think it's exciting. I think there's always something to do in Manhattan. And it's just big enough that there's always going to be something come along that something that you would say, oh, I thought I'd have to go to a bigger city for that. So uh, th- that's how I would describe Manhattan. It's a good description. I think we feel the same way. So what is your favorite pet? I'm a dog guy. We don't have one at the moment. Our, our dog passed away a year or so ago. We haven't been without dogs for a long, long time. Uh, so yeah, miss my dog, but yeah, I'm a I'm a dog guy.
1: All right. Question number eight. What is the biggest lesson the pandemic taught you? Get
2: informed and work hard. I think there's nothing that that's of real value when when everybody just goes into panic mode. And uh, I think that's uh, that was something that we tried to digest a lot, and something that we had to keep talking to. Our membership about is that uh, you know we're learning more. It, there's always something that we can we can get a little closer to. We can get it figured out. But panicking and throwing up your hands and and saying, "Well, I'm going to have to close my doors. Or I'm going to have to walk away." That's not going to get you where you want to go. So it's 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 get informed and 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 get ready to work harder. But it's going to happen for you.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. So,
2: how about your first concert and your favorite concert? My first concert. Was in nineteen sixty nine. I got to go see the Moody Blues. Most of you won't know who they are anymore.
0: Oh no, you're sitting at. We yeah, all know. You're, this you're, is this is no guy's table friends here. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, uh, but favorite concert. Uh, I kind of have one every year. I go out to uh, Colorado. I go to the Winter Park Jazz Festival uh, every year in July. And uh, and if you're a jazz fan, virtually anybody you would ever hear on a on a jazz radio station, I've probably seen them. Uh, the Winter Park Jazz Festival gets a lot of great people. Spend an afternoon uh, talking with George Benson after he got done with his set just about two
1: years ago. Now, that's an interesting answer. So, well, we're reaching the end of our rapid fire questions. Our final question Who is the first person that comes to mind when you hear the word successful
2: business person and why? I'm going to go with a uh, a very close and personal friend of mine. His name is Mark Naruga. We went to college together, just a great human being. And when he got out of college, he went to work in his family business. And uh, at that time, it was called Central Chemical, now it's Central Solutions. Uh, actually, I, I looked him up just the other day, and uh, they are in their 96th year of being in business. They're a leader in, in skin care and uh, infection control. And uh, they've gone, uh, since he's taken over that business 30 some years ago. They have, uh, they've probably grown four times the size that they, that they were, uh, they're, they're bigger, they're better. And I think at the last count, I think there are about 16 Nabrigas involved in the business between brothers and nephews and cousins, and, and they keep bringing them in and they just keep getting more successful all the time. Mark's one of my best friends in the world. We talk about business all the time. We talk about how things are going with him and how the, he's structuring his business and how he's controlling what's happening. They do a lot with hand sanitizers and they sell a lot of uh, sanitary stuff to hospitals and hotels. And, and of course, for him, through the pandemic, they blew up during that time. They, they could not produce enough, but, uh, but it doesn't stop him any other time. They're, they're, he's a great businessman. That's a great company. All right, Dennis, you survived it. I did. And you survived the show. Thanks. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, no,
0: we appreciate you and your partnership and um, good luck to all the redevelopment that's going on down there. And and uh, we'll look forward to, to following up with you soon on, on new activities that might be taking place.
2: Okay. Well, drinks are on me.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. Great chatting with you. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Think MHK, a podcast produced by the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce. If you enjoyed the Think MHK podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and share it out on your social media channels. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Manhattan Area Chamber of Commerce.